Hello, everyone. It's your old pal, Chuck, one half of Stuff You Should Know. Josh is asleep. I can hear him snoring next to me. And this episode, for my select pick, Could You Live Without a Refrigerator? Sounds silly. From January 2, 2014. I guess it was our New Year's special edition. But hey, can you live without a refrigerator? It's really about slow food. Check it out right now. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and Jerry's over there. And she's, she's eating stalks of broccoli. Yeah, she's Not green. the florets. She's eating the, the chunky trunk. She throws the florets away. <laughs> bizarre no she's i'm not into food waste so she's eating every single bit she's just munching on it like a rabbit over there oh i see you know oh now that i look more closely i see that you're right that was just a clever lead into what will be a great intro from you no that was the intro oh okay <laughs> jerry doesn't waste food people no food waste is a terrible thing and we're we're that's that's only part of the tip of the iceberg of this subject that we're about to touch on tip of the icebox this is a huge rambling enormous topic that we're about to tackle <laughs> see chuck you've heard of green um, eco-friendliness yeah yeah we like eco-consciousness we like to push that racket when we can yeah what's sad is like more and more today it seems to be well there's parts that have become ingrained like people recycle and like recycling is just a thing now it's not going anywhere yeah like if you don't recycle now you're kind of like one of those people that throws cigarettes out the window yeah, that's pretty bad, too. You know? A lot of people still do that. Yeah, but I think, not to get off on my high horse, but I think a lot of the people that toss those cigarettes out the window <laughs> probably, like, would say, you, if someone threw a McDonald's bag out the window, they'd be like, how can you do that? Yeah. Like, they justify cigarettes somehow. I've seen that. People throw those things out. Like, eco-friendly people, I think, just eco-friendly smokers, I think, justify that because it's like, well, you, you still don't want a cigarette in your car. <laughs> do you, right? Dude, because they stink. They're gross. Yeah, They're so bad for you. Put it out there. It'll end up in a, in a lake or something. A bird will eat it. Did you know that I was at um, the gas station the other day, uh-huh. and I saw a guy driving off, and as he drove off, he held his hand out the window and released a stack of apparently losing lottery tickets. A sta- I'm talking like 30. Just pr- right into the parking lot. Wow. I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, it's a joke now, literally, on Anchorman. In the original yeah, yeah. Anchorman, when they finish all of their McDonald's, they just throw all their stuff like yeah. in the park. Yeah, it's they a did. joke. <laughs> Mad Men uh, had one of those too. They had like a family picnic, uh-huh. and afterward they gathered up their stuff and just like picked up the mic and threw all the trash out. And we're like, let's go. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's how it used to be, though. Yeah, isn't that weird that that used to be a thing that it's okay to throw trash on it the is. ground? And it's it's not okay, but some people still do it. I've seen it. Right, man. Um, but the the point is. I am making a point here, believe it or not. <clears throat> there is some parts of the green movement that have become entrenched, ensconced in m- the mainstream culture. And it's yeah. having an impact. It's having a real effect. Sure. It's not having enough of an effect. We're all headed for global catastrophe eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when we when we think about the green movement now, it almost seems past tense. Like it was – there's parts of it that seem like a bit of a fad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. being green, how green can you go? Like, what can you do? And uh, there was this thing that kind of popped up in 2009 because of a, a New York Times article okay. um, where people were 
starting to give up their refrigerators. Oh, yeah? As part of the green movement. To be green. To basically, like, say, I'm greener than thou. Right. You get the impression that that's what they're doing. Ultimately, they're saying, no, it's just one less thing that's using up um, electricity. So it's saving CO2 emissions. But it seems to me to fall along the line of the people who, like, had themselves sterilized so they couldn't contribute to the growing population, global population. You're saying those are about the same? It seems to me. Yeah. <laughs> Although the, uh, the um, refrigerator one is far more reversible. Because you just go out and buy a refrigerator and plug it in. Yeah, that's true. And then, bam, I'm back, baby. <laughs> well, you can reverse your, uh, your procedure to not have kids, too, these days. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's a roll of the dice. Oh, really? Was, if it'll work again? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you could get it reversed, no, no sweat. They can, you know, reverse it, but it doesn't necessarily work. Oh, okay. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-mm. All right. Man, that was a sidebar. <laughs> uh, so should we talk about food waste? Well, let's talk about this refrigerator thing. You're really fixated on the food waste thing, aren't you? Well, it's a big part of whether or not you can go without a fridge. Well, let's, let's talk about what happens or why people go without a fridge first, Chuck, if you'll bear with me. Okay. So people are pulling the plugs on these refrigerators, or they were in 2009, or at least three people were in 2009. <laughs> yeah. One in Canada, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I got the impression from reading the original New York Times article that there were, there were, it was just kind of the sub thing among the eco-green It, it wasn't all the rage? Like, no. Like bamboo flooring and cork flooring? No, and the New York Times article pointed out that it seems to be a dividing line among green, the eco-conscious. And the eco-crazy. Yeah, like where some people say, that's preposterous. Sure. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then other people were like, look at how far I'm willing to go to be green. So what's the the benefit of all that? Well, uh, a refrigerator uses electricity, and I guess we can give you a couple of stats to bring it all home for you. Typical fridge, post-2000 uses about 450 kilowatts uh, per year. Yeah, that's thanks to the Energy Star ratings. Yeah, which is better than it used to be, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to translate that into uh, cheeseburgers, no, wait, <laughs> into miles driven in your car, because we're talking about the emission of CO2, Right. Uh, that's about 800 miles, uh, driving your car about 800 miles. Depending on what kind of, what sure. kind of mileage you get, because really it's equivalent yeah, yeah. to, what, 35 gallons of gas? Uh, 35 gallons, yeah. So even then in the article, they point out that it's kind of low on the list. It, it ranks behind clothes dryer, oh, yeah. central air, and your furnace. Yeah, your furnace is like 6,000 kilowatts a year. And it's amazing. So your, your refrigerator um, is 450 kilowatt hours of electricity per year. So it's not even super high up in your household. No, it's nowhere near. But I think the people who are pulling the plugs on these refrigerators are saying every little bit counts. Yeah, and they probably have already taken other uh, green precautions. Like, they probably don't run their furnace like this, you know? Right. Like, they might have a potbelly stove. They, they better not. If they use a normal, <laughs> old, like, yeah, terrible electric furnace, <laughs> they then I'm going to go to their house and have a little right. chat it's with It's like them. shaking outside their house, yet they're eating out of a, a glue cooler. <laughs> right. And that's what they do. I mean, like, when when you pull the plug on the fridge, I wish I could just come up with another phrase that rolls off the tongue, because I'm tired of saying that. When it's you go catchy. without a refrigerator. Yeah. 
Defridge. Defridge, Chuck. <laughs> nice. Thanks. When you defridge, um, you still need typically some source of cooling inside of your home, something that can keep some food items from perishing. Because we apparently refrigerate a lot of stuff we don't need to. That is true. Yeah. You can keep that ketchup and mustard out on the counter. Yeah. Hot sauce. Oh, yeah. I've read it goes three years in a regular pantry. Really? A little yeah. sriracha? Just sure. keep it out there? Yeah. We, kept growing up, kept a lot of stuff uh, out of the fridge, and not for any reason other than that's just how it was in my house. Like, I remember butter, like, in a tray butter's, on the counter. Butter's better that way. Room temperature? Oh, man, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's I, just like, it's already, it's so spreadable. <laughs> right. I keep mine in a fridge just to keep it longer because I don't yeah. eat that much butter, but man, if you go to a restaurant... And they give you butter, and it's cold. Dude. I'm just like, what are you doing? It's literally Emily's biggest pet peeve is well, I agree with cold them. rolls with cold butter. Yeah. Or hot rolls with cold butter. Yeah, because you get the hot rolls, and you think this place knows what they're doing. Yep. And you get this cold pad of butter. Yep. So I've developed a technique. Um, you know the, the under-the-armpit method? The, well, it's close. <laughs> it's, it's You just cup your hands, and uh-huh. you put a couple of those little foil wrapped. You want to make sure it's wrapped in foil. Pats of cold butter, sure, and you heat them up pretty quick. And I'll tell you what, you can make some friends around the table if you heat somebody's butter up for them because nobody likes cold butter. And then you hand them the little butter pat, and you're like, "Here, take this." Yeah, it's my gift to you. I like it when they just have a little olive oil and balsamic vinegar. You know, that's good too. But I like good room temperature butter, especially yeah. like eighty three percent milk fat content or more. Yeah, mm. good butter. Mm. Um, so, like I said, I left butter out. We mm-hmm. left. Um, I think I remember certain condiments being left out. What about fruits and vegetables? Um, yeah, like a lot of vegetables I don't refrigerate now. Like I never refrigerate peppers and onions. And Well, you don't want to. If you do refrigerate an onion, uh, it will last longer. But if you're going to use it it's to all dried eat, out. Yeah. you want to take it out of your refrigerator and bring it up to room temperature before you yeah. cook with it or use it in food because it takes a lot of the temperature away. But that's also a, t- a tip if you hate crying. Um, oh, yeah. Because w- if you cut a cold onion, the enzyme that eventually sets off the chain reaction that makes you cry yeah. uh, is contained. It's not as volatile. I've noticed that. So that's your, your tip from Ch- Chuck and Josh. <laughs> My eyes kill me, too, with the onions. Do they? It depends on the onion. And it's me. not just like, oh, it's little tears. It's like massive burning. It's really bad. Really? Yeah, yeah. You should I'm see. I'm hypersensitive. I, I did a don't be dumb on it that explains exactly what's going on with you. I've seen that. Oh, okay. So you know. Um, so yeah, a lot of the vegetables I don't keep. Like it depends on when I'm going to eat it. If I bring home some, like a big head of cauliflower, mm-hmm. I'll keep that out in the fruit basket for a couple of days. I've never seen that before in my entire life. What, cauliflower? Out. Yeah. I've only seen it in like a crisper drawer. Yeah, I've left cauliflower and broccoli out. Like... Uh, <laughs> Green onions and um, I can see that lemongrass, sure, garlic, of course, yeah, potatoes. No, don't refrigerate potatoes. I think I would like kind stop short and point if I saw like cauliflower out in like a fruit basket. <laughs> really? I'd be like, what is that? No, that's just fine. Huh? I haven't even been to your house. I didn't notice that. Well, I mean, I don't always have. Had you gone through the cauliflower? <laughs> yeah, just eating it. <laughs> um, tomatoes are another one too. They're they'll yeah. last longer in the fridge. Yeah, but if you're going to cook with them. You want to bring them up to room temperature. Some stuff you just don't want to refrigerate. Potatoes, apparently, don't yeah. do very well in the fridge. You put them in a nice brown paper sack in your pantry, away from the sunlight. They keep for a really long time. Yeah, you know, Jerry, I think Jerry showed me the little trick. 
Was that you with the cilantro, Jerry? In the yep. Oh, what? I need to know this because I eat a lot of cilantro. You, the cilantro you don't use, just fill up a glass like half full of water and just throw it in there and just leave it in your out in your kitchen. So oh like, yeah, yeah. Like the it's base just, of it in the water, right? And just stays fresh like super long. Hmm. And you know the fridge can beat up cilantro sure. after like a day or two. I like your optimism, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the so, avocado is what always kills me, though. I, I well, I, I eat a lot of avocado as well. It's hard to keep those fresh. Uh, I tried a lot of tricks too. Well, here's here's your trick. Leave, I will leave teach the pit you the in. Trick. You ready? Okay. Oh, you're cutting up an avocado. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's it for the avocado. I have no trick for that. Well, what do you eat them whole? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't understand. What well, do I don't know. I don't like eat the skin and everything. Like, no, that's not what I mean. It's like once I cut into an avocado, all of that avocado is about to be consumed by me. Oh, well, so that's the tip? <laughs> yeah. But I, I do have another tip for you, though, with avocados. You know how you go to the store and you like squeeze them and you, you, you can find one out of 150 that's squeezable? It's pretty annoying. It is. But that squeezed one is going to be nasty and bruised and just disgusting. There's going to be basically like rot wherever you and everybody else squeeze that avocado. Yeah. So you're going to have a lot less usable avocado. So you want to get one that you can't squeeze. It's so firm, it can't be squeezed. Well, but then you just have to wait a few days to eat it. You can wait one day. One That's day? all it takes, my friend, and here's how. You take a brown paper bag okay. and buy a banana. Okay. And you put the banana and the avocados in the brown paper bag, roll it up pretty tight, but they, leave a yeah. little space in there. And they do it. And the <laughs> Right. They get it on. Uh-huh. Uh, and what happens is the uh, avocados ripen. Really? Yeah. The, the uh, banana, as it ripens Turns itself. Turns to dust. <laughs> it, it, well, it puts off a gas. Interesting. Um, that ripens the avocados. I'm going to try that. Moment. And I'm not kidding. Yeah. 12 to 24 hours, you have totally... Ready avocados. Yeah, because I like my avocados firm still. Oh, you're going to love this, Chuck. And not mushy, but not not hard, you're, but you, just firm. You're going to thank me later. Man. I'm excited about your avocado experiences now. I am too. So there's plenty of stuff that doesn't need refrigerating. So that's one way that people can defridge. Yeah, this is turning into like Food 101 with Josh and Chuck. Yeah. I hope that's okay. Um, yeah, plenty of stuff that you don't have to uh, refrigerate. Um, but people still use some sort of cooling mechanism. Yeah, like a cooler. Like if you have meats or dairy products, um, if you want to go without a fridge, most people use a cooler. And the thing that annoyed me with this article is they said, or they use a mini freezer to make ice. I'm like, well, that's probably just about as bad as your stupid fridge. Well, it's pretty close. So like one of those little chest freezers, um, I didn't see the size of it. Oh, a 6.4 cubic feet chest freezer, which isn't big, but no. it's not that small. Um, but apparently that's, the, that's the, the thing that people who defridge use. That still uses 200 kilowatt hours a year. So really, by unplugging your refrigerator and, and just using, using a chest freezer, freezer, you're saving about 15 gallons of gas a year. Yeah, I don't know if that's your best... Like, spend your time doing better things for the environment, I think. Right. Well, again, I think people who do this are saying, I'll do this on top of stuff. And then, kind of cleverly, if you ask me, they're using this the ice chest mm -hmm. to um, well, basically fill up, like, a two-liter bottle of water. Yeah. Which they didn't allow to go to waste, that two-liter bottle. Sure. Um, putting those in the, the freezer chest yeah. and then having, like, a separate cooler that they put the, the frozen water bottles in to keep cool their milk and their meats and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and well, you know what? We're going to talk about some 
tips for shopping mm-hmm. to accommodate this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But first, let's take a little message break. Okay. Stuff you should know. All right. So you were talking about the cooler full of frozen bottles of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To keep like your milk and uh, some of your dairy and stuff, but if you when you go to the store, if you're gonna try and live this way, you can't probably buy the gallons of milk unless you really go through a lot of milk. You might want to buy quarts of milk. Right. You can't go to Sam's Club and buy eight gallons of mayonnaise unless you eat that pretty quickly. That makes you yeah. And if, if so, <laughs> then maybe you should focus more attention on your mayonnaise habits than yeah. what you're doing for the environment. So you're gonna have to buy smaller amounts of things, which they say can cost a little more. But well, yeah. If you're not wasting food, though, like if you added up the food you waste, you're probably burning a lot of money. And there's gonna be far less food waste if you're buying in smaller amounts. Right. The other the other side of that though is um, if you're you know eco friendly or eco conscious. Um, you're one of the things that you're probably trying to avoid is packaging as well. And if you buy yeah. smaller amounts of food, that means you buy more packaging. Oh, shoot, I didn't think about that. And if you have smaller amounts of food, that means you have to go to the, the store more often. Yeah. And then you may have to drive more often. Man. Which doesn't matter if you're riding a bike or something like that. But if you're driving a car, then you're burning those gallons of gas that you might might necessarily not have been anyway. Yeah, you like you get in your old seventy two pickup truck <laughs> right. and drive twelve miles yeah. to get like a pint of mayonnaise. Right, you have to stop and fill up at least once <laughs> during that stretch. Uh, so, can we talk a little bit about food waste, though? Yeah, the, because it's a, it's a pretty big thing. Like, if you have no refrigerator, the the chances of your food spoiling just simply increase. If you have no refrigerator? Yeah. Well, not so. Apparently, according to a 2008 report, mm-hmm. in less developed countries uh-huh. where they have no refrigerators, they experience less food spoilage. Bam. <laughs> you just faced me. Because they're like, they're eating what they need. Right. You know? Yeah. They're not going to Sam's Club. Right. And buying 700 chicken McNuggets to put in the freezer. I hear that. And I guess if somebody who defridges uses the developing world as a model for well, their sure. food consumption, yeah. I wonder what hang-ups there are, though, that would keep you from successfully doing that. Yeah. Or if it is just entirely possible to just watch how you're eating enough so you don't have very much food waste. Maybe. Let's talk food waste, finally. Uh, in developing countries... Post-harvest uh, losses of food grains can reach as high as 50%. 50%, dude, mm-hmm. in developing countries. Isn't that a, a sad statistic? Yeah, because one of the things that makes that so sad, Chuck, is that that food has been harvested and is ready to go. Yeah. So not only is it ready to go, it just doesn't make it to somebody's stomach. Um, all of the uh, energy used to produce harvest and transport that food yeah, true. has already been used as well. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So that's a huge waste there, too. It's not just food waste. You add a double bummer onto every bummer that I I'm, express. Yeah. I'm good at it. Uh, the U.S. spends about a billion dollars a year to dispose of food waste in this country. A billion dollars <laughs> a year. And the EPA says that uh, food leftovers are the single largest part of our waste stream Yeah, by weight. Right. They make up about 12% of municipal landfills, which are a pretty awful word in and of themselves because municipal landfills are um, 
responsible for about 34% of methane emissions globally, or at least in the U.S., and uh, methane is 21 times more damaging as a greenhouse gas than CO2. Yeah, and all that food waste is producing, like, tons of methane. Yeah, which is, I don't understand why we're not trapping that methane and burning it off as energy. I know there are some pilot projects, but I don't understand why that's not a bigger thing now. Yeah, didn't we study something about cow farts? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I seemed that rings a bell from the past. Yeah, livestock is a huge contributor to methane emissions. Yeah. Um, and nobody knows what to do about it, but there were plans to kind of try to trap it and burn it for electricity. And I think there was a farmer who was doing, yeah, I think, who was using cow poop or something. Yeah, I think for, a Dirty Jobs episode did something like that. Yeah. I, I definitely remember looking at that. Um, but I agree, methane, let's trap it. <laughs> hey, there's a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so food waste is a, I thought it was a, a, the potential was increased without a refrigerator. You've opened my eyes here. Um, <laughs> But another uh, those those double bummers that I did add though more packaging and more trips to the store. Yeah. Um, again, if you have a, a if you live near a store that you can bike to or something like that, um, that gets around that. And then also, if you are one of those zero waste people, like have you heard of B Johnson? Yeah, she's pretty remarkable. What's her website? Uh, it is uh, zero waste home. Yeah, she's one of these people that is doing, like, the, the family experiment. Like, let's see what we can really do yeah. and, and put it, putting it on a blog. She, um, I think her family is the one that has produced a quart yeah. of waste in a year. A quart of trash. In a, in a year. Everything else is reused. She has five R's. You think your three R's are worthwhile? Reduce, reuse, recycle. What are her other two? Refuse. Oh, wow. So she's saying, like, even if it's free, you know that free Frisbee the chiropractor gives you? Yeah. Say you don't want it. I do that a lot, actually. I don't want a lot of that junk. Okay, so you're in line with this. Yeah. Uh, reduce, which would be, yeah. you know, say using your own um, your own uh, grocery bags. Oh, sure, yeah. So you're reducing the use of the store's grocery bags. Oh, okay. Uh, re- reuse. Yeah. So don't throw your own grocery bag away. Right. Use it again. Yeah. Uh, uh, recycle. Yes. You've heard of this one. Sure. And then rot. Chuck, rot. Like rot in H if you're not going to do this? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> That's the last one. The what does she mean R's. by rot? I'm sure composting. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like you said about the people that, like, I want to go without a fridge, but I'm going to go to the grocery store every 10 minutes to get a packet of mayonnaise. I don't think that's the case. Like, I bet a lot of those people are growing food uh, in their gardens and sure. composting and, like, probably not doing that. And plus, also, she points out, B. Johnson points out that um, a lot of the stuff that we would consider food waste, like, you know, grocery stores, food waste to me is a, I think we should do a whole podcast on it. It is fascinating. Yeah. Mind-boggling the amount of waste we produce food-wise. I've read that something like a third, a third of all of the food in the world goes to waste one way or another. Either yeah. like 50% in the developing world doesn't make it after being harvested. Right. Um, food waste from the United States. In the grocery stores in the U.S., there's any kind of cosmetic imperfection. Yeah, if it's not pretty enough. They just throw it away. There's nothing wrong with it, but it'll just get tossed. Yeah, that's. I don't think I would like to know what goes on behind the scenes of like a huge grocery chain. I think we need to like get to the bottom of it. An expose, perhaps. But yeah, right. <laughs> but B. Johnson points out um, a lot of the stuff that even people at home would consider wasted, spoiled food. 
um, can be reused. So, like, if you have a bunch of stale bread, make bread pudding. Um, yeah. If you have some wilted lettuce, drop it in an ice bath, and it wakes back up. You know, I there's feed a lot my of... uh, stale bread to the birds. Well, that's nice. Like, when I have moldy bread, I always just, like, go out and throw it. That's nice. And then the, do you the eat woods. the birds afterwards? Are you, like, raising them? <laughs> yeah, I get my BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> you Not don't even true. need a BB gun. You just... Teach them to eat out of your hand and then grab them. <laughs> Snap the little neck, right. <laughs> and you got brown thrasher for dinner. That's our state bird. We get in trouble for that. Would we? Yeah, you can't kill your state bird. I figured it was the state bird because it was the tastiest bird. No, I don't think so. So you dug this up. This is pretty interesting. Um, if you want to talk about people really going the extra mile mm-hmm. to not have a carbon footprint. Some folks are making their own shoes <laughs> yeah. out of old tires and old jeans and hemp, of course. Okay, yeah. Not much arch support, though, apparently. <laughs> right. Sort of like a moccasin, I would imagine. Yeah. You can eat your weeds in your yard. Right. If you're into that, um, a lot of edible weeds, like garlic mustard or chickweed. Yeah, I mean, like, what's a weed but some plant that we decided we didn't want? Yeah. I read something somewhere about uh, the human diet, how um, it's become so narrow. We used to eat a lot more stuff. Oh, I bet. A lot more weeds. um, And as a result, our health was a lot better. Yeah. The the bitter, I think we talked about it before. Have Have you gotten to the point, too, where everything we talk about rings a bell? Like we've mentioned everything before? Yeah, our world is getting narrower. It is. But um, I feel like we've talked about before the, the bitterer the plant, the, the healthier it, it tends to be. And yeah. I think you said also bitterness, though, also is, um, su- suggests that it's poisonous, too. Well, that is part of the edibility test. And you shouldn't just go in your yard and just pull a bunch of weeds and eat them. <laughs> not everything is edible. Dying is not that green. <laughs> no. But if you do have edible weeds and you want to add them as uh, in your salads or something, that's that's something that some people do. Some people. <laughs> uh, some people use old license plates to side their houses. Is that true? It's in this article. Of course it's true. I bet you. I bet you that's a thing. I could see that. And you know what? Why not? It's, they're just going to waste. You know? Old license plates? Sure. We got a birdhouse made out of license plates. Oh, those are cute. Yeah, it's all right. We got it because it was uh, Ohio, California, and Georgia, which was Emily's Uh three states, which was kind of weird. The triumvirate. I got to have this. Yeah. (laughs) Do you use it for BB gun practice? No, that's just birds. Okay. Um, You know, I shot an animal once in my life, Mm. and it was one of the worst things that had ever happened to me. Yeah. I was too young. I got a BB gun, and I was tired of shooting cans, so Mm -hmm. I shot a squirrel. And I, it haunts me to this day. I imagine. And I'm not poo-pooing hunters. If you're into that, that's fine. I'm just not into it. Yeah. So I shot a squirrel when I was 12. You're a haunted man. I, I want to come clean. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what's this poop burger thing? I couldn't find any, any corroborating evidence. But basically there was a, a story that popped up on a couple of blogs about a Japanese scientist who had basically converted human feces into an edible burger. And the two blog posts I saw were basically piggybacking off of each other. Yeah. And the original source 
uh, led to a 404 error, sir. I think it's. I Bonk. think the American press accidentally picked up a Yes Men article or something <laughs> like that. You know. Well, how about if if anyone can corroborate? Corroborate. I have the worst time with that word. Can corroborate? Let, yeah, uh, I can't ever say the word right. Say, corroborate. <laughs> no, corroborate. 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 There you go. Can we put a ding, ding, ding in there <laughs> post production? So if anyone can let us know that this story is true, then uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to know that. Yeah, let us know. There are um, speaking of uh, fecal material, though, Chuck. There, there was also this um, green movement to give up toilet paper. Oh, I heard about that. Do you remember that huge ball in uh, the that was the size of a school bus that was made of um, like handy wipes and fat in London? I don't remember that. Oh, really? No. It was this fatty deposit made up of grease and used handy wipes. Was it like an art project? No, it was trapped in the London sewer system. Oh, okay. I thought it was like on display or something. (laughs) No. No, God, no. No, I don't remember that. That's that's horrific. It was within the last year. Wow. Um, Well, anyway, uh, I guess some people are taking this even further and saying, not even toilet paper will touch my bottom. Instead, I'm going to use... um, Basically diapers. Oh, just like cloth squares? Uh Uh-huh. So you keep a pail of clean ones on one side and a dirty pail on the other. Uh Uh-huh. And then you just wash the poopy ones and you're green. (laughs) Huh. I don't think I would go that far. (laughs) I don't think so. But I am interested in a a bidet because I do think toilet paper is Mm -hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like taking dry, thin paper and wiping poop from your skin. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't get it, and it's never made sense to me. <laughs> really, even as a child? Well, no. Since I got grown enough to realize that moisture is a pretty nice thing to have, right, sure. If you're cleaning poop, yeah. Oh, you just put a little Vaseline in there. <laughs> so a bidet. I'd be into a bidet. Okay. And I'm exclusively with the wet wipes. Well, you're contributing to the huge fat. Deposit ball in really? The, well, that's what it was made up. Even those that say they're flushable, it's it's probably a bunch of bunk. The London thing proves it as bunk. Really? And I, for some reason, I, I don't remember why, but like it was almost exclusively wet wipes and fat grease. That's really so, like gross. they were attracted to one another or something like that. Maybe so. I don't understand it. All right. You think there'd be like a squirrel? Yeah. Or the remnants of a squirrel. in there or something (laughs) but no it's just wet wipes and grease holy cow well let's get this one back on the rails and finish it up huh uh i don't have anything else do you did you see the albert einstein refrigerator oh that's like uh no electricity whatsoever yeah that Uh, makes sense well it does need a source of heat um but in 1938 i think einstein and one of his former students developed a refrigerator that has no moving parts it requires it could be uh, run on solar energy, but basically it it uses um, you know when you lower the pressure, uh, the atmospheric pressure of something, uh, its boiling temperature yeah. lowers as well, uh, and then when you boil something, it sucks energy out of the surrounding atmosphere and lowers the temperature. Oh uh, yeah, that's basically this kind of Rube Goldberg esque huh. Einstein invention that this guy in Oxford was trying to rebuild. And he he made a a test pilot version of it but it's like not very efficient i think that's a new not a new thing but a lot i've seen a lot of stuff lately about people remaking like some early inventions that were never able to be properly made 
Yeah, I think you were talking cool. about that, like Da Vinci stuff. Well, there's a to make that. Yeah, there's a TV show where they definitely did the Da Vinci stuff, mm-hmm. but those were mo- mainly like weapons and things. Oh yeah. But I did see a video the other day that someone made a Da Vinci a, a musical instrument that Da Vinci invented that was never properly made, and it was um, looked like a played like a piano, but sounded like uh, strings. Nice. And it was it was really kind of awesome. Yeah. So that's a long way of saying build this fridge. The, Ein- the Einstein fridge. Well, there's other things you can do, too. If you have a fridge and you don't feel like giving up your fridge, if you have a fridge that's older than 2,000 yeah. and you have a little bit of dough, go buy an Energy Star rated one. Yeah, throw that other one in a landfill. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, no, use it as like a planter or something out in your backyard to grow food in. Yeah, you can always sell a fridge. Yeah. Like any appliance that works, mm-hmm. you can sell to somebody. You just want to take the door off to make sure no little kids get trapped in it. Or Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's right. Um, you also, if you do have an Energy Star rated fridge, you want to clean the coils off once a year. That'll keep it running efficiently. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, you want to think about what you're going to open the fridge to get so you don't just stand there with the fridge open like a, a slack-jawed yokel. Like everybody does. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then apparently if you keep your fridge fairly stocked, um, that will allow it to um, the temperature to, to bounce back to where it needs to be. Yeah. It has less um, atmosphere Gotcha. cool. My fridge you have to open to get the water, filtered water, which really bugs me. It's not like in the outside oh, really? of the door. Huh. I've never seen that. Yeah. You just live in a cuckoo house. You got cauliflower just out in your fruit basket. Yep, got, you got to open the door to get some water. Got cilantro sitting in cups all over the house. That's a good idea. I've tried that but put it in the fridge and it just wrecks it. So I guess maybe yeah, just, just leaving it out. It out. I mean, it, it lasts for quite a while. Oh, man, I love that stuff. Yeah. Don't you feel bad for people who taste uh, dish soap when they eat cilantro? Yeah, I love cilantro. Me too, buddy. Well, that's it about cilantro. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, uh, you can type the word into the search bar at How Stuff Works. And you can also type in, can I go without a refrigerator in the search bar? And it'll bring this article up. Uh, and since I said search bar, that means it's time for listener mail. Yeah, I'm going to call this uh, from one of our law enforcement officers. Uh, Hey guys, my name is Andy. I'm a police officer uh, for a law enforcement agency in St. Louis, Missouri area. Mm -hmm. Go Cardinals. I'm a big fan of the show and appreciate the always new interesting topics and discussions. And I've noticed that you seem to have an affinity for law enforcement related topics. Which is true. You definitely do. (laughs) You love them. I would just listen. I think I wanted to be a cop or something, maybe. <laughs> you can be a security guard. That's not the same. Uh, I was just listening to the meth podcast and noticed that you mentioned one of the first shake and bake incidences, and that's a mobile meth lab. Apparently, that's like the cop lingo, mm-hmm. uh, which occurred actually in my precinct at a Walmart. Remember we talked about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I was not yet employed there, but I know one of the officers, uh, I know the officer that responded. From what I understand, a woman was shoplifting was in custody of the loss prevention officers, and when they called for police assistance, my now co-worker arrested her and in the process discovered a Gatorade bottle in her purse, which was being used as a mobile meth lab. That is so crazy. It is very crazy. Uh, meth usage in the area that I work in is rampant, and only having been on the force less than a year, I've already handled two meth labs of my own. Uh, having seen firsthand some of the reactions to meth that these folks have, I will say that you are pretty much right on, guys. Additionally, another unfortunate situation is that uh, where there is a meth lab, typically there are children. Uh, One of my meth labs was also home to seven kids, 
It's a really sad sight to see. Yeah, remember that one episode of Breaking Bad? Which one? The one where Pinkman basically gets kidnapped by those meth addicts who robbed, like, oh, stole yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. ATM machine, and That's there's right. a little kid there. And typically, you will find that the parents have little interest in their children and pay them very little attention in general. Well, of course, because they're all interested in using meth. Sure. It's kind of a one-track mind situation. So, it makes you appreciate non-meth users, is what Andy says. <laughs> So thanks, Andy, officer. Yeah, he wrapped that up at the end, didn't he? Spanked it on the bottom. He had a, he had another part, so it might have read awkward, uh, a suggestion, which I <laughs> cut out. But I may I took the suggestion, but just didn't read it. Is it a mystery suggestion, then? Um, yeah, maybe. I'll okay. surprise you. Well, if you want to send us a mystery suggestion, we are welcome to those. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Or you can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.